What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here. And we're, we're recording a little bit earlier than usual, although it doesn't really affect you guys out there because you're going to get this on Friday morning anyway. But, you know, Adam and I, so so he's not sweating any NBA bets while we're talking, um, which, you know, gives us his undivided attention. How are you today, Adam? I'm good, man. Just uh, get ready for uh, a busy weekend. A busy, yeah, it is definitely going to be a busy weekend. It's labor, labor weekend. So we'll uh, let, let's talk about that. Um, three uh, three drafts coming up this week. Uh, are they are all yeah all three are auction drafts. And listen, I'm sorry if SiriusXM you know tries to you know instead of saying auction says salary cap draft for for our our purposes here. Adam and I mean no ill will. And when we say auction, we're not talking about actually physically buying the players. We're picking up their stats and playing the fantasy route. I, I mean, seriously, can, can we can we just put that shit aside here for, for crying out loud, Adam? I can't I can't deal with not saying an auction draft. Yeah, I don't even think we need to discuss it. <laughs> Do you say auction draft? To say auction, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, thank you. That's that's where I'm at too. All right, so I figured it'd be a good time. We've got the um the the NL, the AL only uh, labor auction that's going to be on Friday night. These are all starts Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Coverage is going to be on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Um. You know, first of all, well, you've done your labor draft already. You're in the uh, in the mixed snake draft, right? No, I'm in the mixed auction on Saturday night. Oh, oh, all right. I thought you. Uh, I thought. Why did I think that you were in the snake draft? But okay, that's, that's great. For tout, that's for tout wars. Oh, uh, see, I'm all screwed up. I uh, I don't know what leagues you're in, Adam. Well, let's let's talk about some uh, some some auction draft strategy then, because I think that that's. Super important to to people, especially if if they're new to the auction format. Now, I think for the for the everyman, your auction is actually going to be a little bit better because it's mixed. Very few people uh, are sitting there in an AL or an NL only auction, which you know is is a lot more difficult to uh, to navigate. But let's let's just start off with general preparation here for uh, for an auction draft. What's your uh, what's your process, Adam? Do you come up with your own values? Um, no. I mean, I'm I'll put some dollar amounts. I'll kind of look at a bunch of different uh numbers and then kind of come up with my own. I'm not someone that's very strict and goes, I can't go above this. I will. So uh it's it's the mixed auction is different. I mean, I think you need to be a lot more, especially in the 12 team league. You know, I've done the 15 team NFBC and that one. I'll kind of have like allocations for each position and then have like five guys. Um, so, you know, I might say our $30 outfield and have five names in there. Obviously you hope you get the one you want, but it's a close tier. Um, I'm probably not going to do that for the 12 team. Um, I've done this two years in a row. And basically what I've done is kind of stars and scrubs where I've spent big on four players. A year one, I'd say it worked. It was the 2020 season. So I was in first place every day until the last three, four days and I lost. So I think it worked, but it was only two months. And last year I did something similar, but 
two of the players did not really come through. Uh, well, I mean, Jacob DeGrom was great when he pitched, but I didn't have him for the second half. I paid up for him. I had Yelich, who obviously was a boss, Soto, who was fine, and Devers, who was fine. Um, and got off to a slow start, made a run, but wound up finishing fifth. So I think I'm probably not going to go that route and spending up big on players again. I think I might just stay more in a you know, 20 to $30 range, but a lot's going to depend on what happens in the room. If I see guys are not spending up, then I'll jump in. So I think you can go in with a plan, but you have to be very flexible and be willing to change. So I just don't think I'm going to go as high on some players as they did. I don't see me spending up on a pitcher. I don't think I'll get Cole or Burns. I think I'll be more in the mid range there. And, um, you know, closers depends on, what the market is, uh, it's probably going to be, I think people will pay up for that top seven just because they have a job. I'm probably not going to dip in there. So um, I still haven't finalized everything. I'll probably go through it tomorrow, meaning Friday, uh, right. for the final plan Saturday afternoon. But yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just kind of reading the room and deciding where you want to spend your money. So there's different ways to do it. You can, again, you can allocate each position you can say, all right, I'm going to spend 180 on bats, 80 on pitching, and I'm going to go with uh, a $30 outfielder, $25 first baseman, 20 at third. You know, you can do that, but you have to be able to be flexible. I think in the 12 team mixed, I'll probably do a dollar or two for the corner and the middle infield. You know, I'm not going to spend up big there. Um, and pitching. Uh, probably more of the mid-range guys. And I think you you could have like, you know, three, four, five, $1 players in this format too. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, when it comes to doing a, um, you know, a mixed league auction, um, I, I actually, I'm, I'm more into that stars and scrubs approach too, because I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Some of the values that you're going to see now, obviously it depends on who else is in the draft room with you, right? Like if you're in the draft room with Derek Van Riper, uh, then you know he's going to come out guns blazing as well. Uh, and that could end up driving the price up on uh, on certain guys. And then, you know, if you find yourself in a in a league where, you know, it's, it's traditionally a guy who doesn't spend up, um, I'm trying to think of somebody off the top of my head right now who – um, I've seen traditionally not do that. I think your boy Jake Seeley is one of those guys who doesn't spend up for players in the uh, oh, no. middle would, tier. No, he spent up, man. I've been oh, in, did he? in the labor, at least the one in person two years ago. He came out early swinging and then spent on a bunch of guys. Okay. Well, then I, then I, I stand corrected then on, uh, on him. I don't track him uh, all that much. I just know that in the leagues that I have done with him, that's uh, – usually where he's been, but you know, whatever. Um, but that's the thing is that if you get a guy who's like sitting there, sitting on his, this pile of bid money, you know, it's going to end up being a little bit more difficult, you know, cause a couple of things happen when you're, when you're dealing with an auction, you're either going to, uh, if, if multiple people are, are sitting back and waiting a little bit and not spending up big, then that's going to drive the price up on a lot of these mid tier guys, because now all of a sudden everybody's got money. And they're like, well, I can't, you know, I can't sit and, and, and you know, wait on these guys. So it tends to, to boost the price up there. Or you run the risk that if you wait too long, and we've seen so many people do that, when you wait too long and then all of a sudden what happens, you find yourself 
um, you know, sitting with a with a pile of bid money where you're like, shit, man, now I got to like, you know, overpay for for garbage, really, is what what we've seen. Who's the um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was. um, Oh, you remember Scott Swayne? Oh, yeah. Fantasy Sherpa. Mm -hmm. That happened to him one year where it was like he just had all this bid money. He had like 50 some odd dollars left. Right. And he had one spot. And I mean, you know, people were giving him a ton of shit. I mean, he did the smart thing and he just he took a guy who was going to be out for the season so that he could just immediately, you know, collect the, the, the fab amount there. But, you know, again, that's the last thing you want to do. Like to me, if you leave money on the table and I'm not talking about a dollar, I still, you know, would hate to see you leave a dollar. But you when you leave money on the table at the end of an auction, to me, you've done it completely wrong. Yeah, for sure. You have to spend every dollar. I think the inexperienced player, it happens to them because you're just not used to be in, in an auction and you just wound up sitting there with money left. And you're like, how did this happen? So like anything, like you could sit here, we can write articles, we can tell people what to do. You're only going to get better by doing it. You know, you can't hold someone's hand because you're in the auction. It moves fast. You have no time to sit there and think. You got to be ready. Am I going another dollar? Because it's going once, going twice, sold. So you have no time to react. You have to be quick. And the only way to get good or better at an auction is to do it. Because we can sit here and say, do this, do that. It doesn't mean a fucking thing until you're in that room and you do it. Just like anything in life. Most things, it comes with experience. You have to do it. You know, we could sit here and give you the perfect plan. And you're not going to employ it because you're if you've never done it before you're just you're like oh, i don't know it comes like any like fab is the same thing you know i have a right. i've written an article on that i think that one comes out saturday um i think it's the hardest thing to explain in fantasy sports to people because it's a lot of his intuition feel looking at your league because someone could come to you and say hey howard this free agent how much should i spend on him and you go uh, about 10 to 15 percent they come to me and I go, yeah, about 12 to 17%. They go to John. He goes, yeah, you know, I'd say 10 to 15%. So we all give him that range. So he goes, all right, I'm going to go on the high end and go 15%. And one league, he goes for 22%. And another league, he goes for 10%. There, It's just, it depends on the league, the need. So it's one of the hardest things to explain. I think auction is the same thing because you can sit here and spoon feed. You can write the perfect article, do this, do that. And someone's like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. They get in the room and they're just lost. They're like, oh, shit, what happened? <laughs> I've definitely I've definitely seen that happen to uh, to a number of people man. where they just and uh, it really the speed of the auction can can throw somebody off. There's a there's a whole mess of stuff. I mean, you know, if you, if you just find yourself talking to somebody, and I, right. And like, I, know, I know my Achilles heel in auctions. I tend to be the one to sit back and not spend early. Now, I didn't do that in the labor of the last two years. I came out guns a-blazing, but that's because it's 12-team league. And I said, all right, you know what? There's going to be so many good $1 players. I'm going to do it. But in the 15-team, I do, I, I do. it hasn't burned me a lot. I te tend to do well. I mean, I don't win every auction, but, you know, I tend to get the good values, but – you don't want to be in a spot where you wait too long and now you're like, oh, shit, I have to get this guy. And you're and it happens every auction because all you have to do is look at the final board and you're like, wait, why did this guy go for 18? It's going to happen because we're going to be broadcasting this weekend. Guarantee you we're going to look at the board and then you're like, oh, 
how did this guy go for 20 and this guy went for 15? Well, when was he thrown out? How much money did the guy have left on the table? And you'll see it even more in the mono leagues, for sure, obviously. Um, but you'll, you you might see it in a mixed league, too. It happens. Like, you just come to that tier and you're like, oh, shit, this is the last guy. And I have all this money I got to spend. And you'll see someone go up to, like, 17 bucks. And you're like, wait a second, $17? That guy's a, a $10 player. What happened? Well, the guy had money left. He didn't want to get fallen out of the tier and that's why you see those because everyone does that anyone who's not following the auction just looks at the final board oh how did this happen well uh it depends when the player was thrown out how much money someone had left so you don't want to be that guy it's not good <laughs> no, it's definitely not good not at all um you know listen there are always there are always some tips and 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 stuff like that as far as uh you can go and you know, I, I definitely suggest reading the, uh, the the draft guide strategy articles and uh, and definitely, you know, listen along to, you know, not just like this podcast, but we do a lot of talking about it over in, uh, on, on the Fantasy Alarm show. Just, uh, you know, hitting the. Um, I'm trying to it's like hitting that the, like certain tips that, that we try to like in part, especially for like somebody who's new, like, for example, um, I would say like, all right, one of the things that I like to do when I'm sitting there bidding, first of all, jump bids. you guys got to be careful of that. That's something that you have to watch. If you're drafted, if you're in, if you're in a live auction, then, then you're fine. Then, then you're, you're, you're easy. But if you're working off of software, right. And, and like somebody's like clicking that bid plus one num button, that always happens. Dude, how many times have you seen somebody like get hit with a jump bid where all of a sudden it's like, you know, they're like, oh, shit, man, I didn't mean to bid 31. What happened? Right. Like not paying attention there um, and understanding that, you know, when you're nominating a guy. Right. You, you, you don't want to like if you're nominating Mike Trout, don't be that guy who's like ah, Mike Trout, a dollar. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that too, right? I mean, we see it all the time. Our our good friend Lenny Melnick I still know. does it. I, I have no idea why, man. You're just wasting time. I mean, do you really think you're gonna get trout for like less than 25? I mean, if I throw out trout, I'm throwing them out like 25, 30. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So and that's uh, worse know. when it goes one and someone goes two, three, four. Okay, guy. I immediately type in 25. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are too. we doing here? You, me, uh, Van Riper's a big jump bid guy. Ray Flowers is a big jump bid guy. Um, you know, it's just it's just to, to save time. Auctions can be long and tedious enough as it is. But when you're sitting there and, and somebody does that, you have to you really have to be careful that you're not hitting that bid plus one button because all of a sudden a guy could like you know do a jump bid and you're suddenly bidding you know, out of your, uh, out of your price range. Like that's, you know, usually if somebody does a jump bid, a lot of the times they'll, they'll throw the highest bid that they can possibly go or that they want to go for that player and, you know, and leave it at that. And then they'll let the player go. If somebody just, you know, even just trumps them by a dollar. But for the most part, man, if you get caught with that bid plus one button, I mean, it's really, I've seen, I've seen people's just spiral out of control in their drafts. Um, after that happens. So um, that's something to definitely be mindful for. Um, one of the other things I like, Adam, the, the bidding strategy 
of putting the onus on the other person. Like you're you're sitting there in a bidding war and you and I are going back and forth, like 21, 22, 23, 24, right? Like when it starts with stuff like that, what I tend to do is I tend to put bids in. I type them in myself and I and I bid on the four or on the nine. Because there's just there's something that triggers into somebody's head, right? And it's like if I bid 24 and immediately they go, hmm is this a $25 player? Am I willing to go in that range? It's the same thing when you say 29. Like immediately they go, hmm, do I want to be the one who takes it over to 30? You know, like that kind of a situation. And and I find that when I do that, it stops the, uh, it stops the back and forth a bunch, right? I don't know. Have you ever done that to somebody? Uh, no. You should try it. Seems to work nicely. People get scared. People get scared in auctions at it. Oh, they do. They freeze up. They're like, hmm, what do I do? Do I go another dollar? Yeah. And then they just sit there and wait. And you know, you get a you get a slow auctioneer, and it's like you're giving them way too much time to think about it. Yeah. So. And now it's all online. So you don't have those abilities to pick up on people's tells and read body language. Oh, I know. Have you ever done that? Have you caught somebody in an auction with their tell? Yeah, I mean, you could see when someone really wants a player. <laughs> you know, Doug Dennis? Yeah, I've never been in a league with him. <laughs> so, I'm in two leagues. I think I'm in I'm in NL and Tout against him, right? NL Labor and, and AL Tout. <laughs> and, uh, and he clicks his pen a lot. When uh, when he plays, when he when he's sitting in the auction and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody names a player. And he starts clicking just a little bit faster. Right. And a little bit. And you're like, oh, OK. And he's not even throwing a bid out on a guy. You just hear him clicking his pen. And then all of a sudden he jumps in on the bidding and you're like, oh, there you go. <laughs> I think I actually called him out in the middle of the draft. Like, you know, you're never supposed to say somebody's tell. I had to do it in the middle of the draft. Like he started clicking his pen during a Tout Wars draft. And I was like, oh, Doug loves this guy. And he like looks at me. He's like sitting right next to me. looks at me like, you know, how did you know? <laughs> That's another reason why I miss the uh, the, the regular auctions, man. I, I miss the live stuff. This uh, all automated and all on the site is uh, is it's it's a bummer. It's definitely a bummer. So um, let's see. What else? You got uh, other tips for auctions? Yeah, I mean, I think you need to mix up the players that you throw out. A lot of times people will say always throw out players that you don't want to get money off the table. But um, especially early on, like if you have a tier that you're targeting, you're going to want to know what range of price they're going to go for. And sometimes if you get a player early, you wind up actually getting a bargain because uh, people start spending more. So you know, if you have an idea of players you want uh, in that tier, you might want to throw uh, a player like say you have, uh, I don't know, you're, you're targeting a tier of Betts, Trout, Luis Robert in the outfield, um, you know, throw one of them out and see what the price goes for to give you an idea of what you're going to spend. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you there. throw if you throw players out that you don't want every time, people are going to realize it. They're like, oh, okay, he's not bidding on any of the players he's throwing out. So you got to mix it up. You don't want to be predictable. 
That's that's the important thing. I mean, that's like, you know, I don't know if you're, you're not a card player. You're not a poker player, but you do. You have to like you have to mix up your betting patterns and everything because somebody who's sharp will be on that like absolutely immediately. And, uh, you know, you're right. Do you do you traditionally do you start when, when you start like your first nomination because nominating with purpose is huge, um, whether you're gauging the, the the price of a player or anything like that. Do you have like a particular, you know, way that you start off? Like, let's say you're nominating, you're the first guy to nominate, you know, in your auction. Um, are you are you what are you doing? Are you throwing out a guy who you want everybody to eat a bunch of money? You're trying to find a sneaky little bargain. Uh, I might throw a top tier pitcher out just to see w- what people are willing to pay for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who would you? All right. So let's uh, let, let, let's just say we're at the start of your auction and you're going to throw a starting pitcher out. Um, it doesn't matter whether or not you're interested in him or not. You just want to say elite starting pitching. I want to get a gauge as to who's willing to pay what. Yeah. I mean, I might even win the bid potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing out the Grom. Is that what you're doing? No, I wouldn't want to throw him out first. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Would you throw him out? I don't know. There's probably, there's always going to be, I feel like one to three people in a room who are going to be on the optimistic end of the Grom and decide to pay. I think, yeah, I, you know, listen, I, <laughs> I guess, I mean, you know, I've already taken them in a drought in the, uh, in the, in the great fantasy baseball invitational. So uh, I'm trying to look on the optimistic side there, but I don't, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to like, until I see him throw in the, uh, in the, in the spring, if there is a spring, I, you know, I, I don't know if I'll invest in him anywhere else. He's such a wild card because we all know he can win you a league if he's healthy. I mean, He's going to be a steal in mid-second round. Uh, I see. I saw one TGFBI where he went first pick around three. Three. Mm-hmm. That's so right. 30, 31 overall. Huh. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a polarizing uh, aspect. It's definitely a polarizing aspect. Uh, what about budgeting your money between pitching and hitting? Um, for just, you know, I mean, listen, labor is a standard five by five roto league. You use average instead of OBP. Um, are you of the 50-50 mindset? Do you throw it more towards hitting? What do you like to do? No, I'm mostly towards hitting. So more like probably in 180 to 80. I think I even did the last last year. Uh, no, because I know I spent like 40 on DeGrom. I might have only had one other starter double digits. So yeah, I didn't spend a lot on pitching last year. I went heavy on offense. So, um, but man, see if I take the DeGrom, the 40 and go two $20 pitchers, then a, a 12 and eight, I might do something like that. And I guess, I mean, I don't know, man, last year, the close, who did I, I think the closer I paid for a labor was Trevor Rosenthal. And then of course he got fucking hurt. So, <laughs> yeah. and he was cheap. I was like, Oh my God, I got Rosenthal for like eight bucks. Oh, I was all happy and shit. I was like, Oh man, this is amazing. And then he fucking, what he did he even throw a pitch. I forgot. He got hurt. Like you get hurt in the spring or the regular season. I forgot. I think he got hurt like really early on in the regular season. Right. I think he might've thrown one or two games. Let me see if I can find that real quick. But I was like, Oh yeah, this is great. 
Wait, he pitched in nine games last year? No. Am I yeah. Looking? yeah, 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 yeah. It happened oh, shit, early it in the yeah. season. Yeah. I remember I had him in tout. Yeah, I had him in um wait, no, he didn't. I'm looking at 2020. Yeah, he didn't even throw a regular season game. Yeah, he got hurt in the spring. I'm pretty sure. 2020, he pitched uh, uh, 23 and two-thirds innings. I'm not seeing anything here for 2021. I think he got hurt in the spring or right before the start of the season. Like, oh, his arm is sore. I'm like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. Honestly? Yeah, he didn't, pi- he didn't pitch in 2020. Oh, uh, yeah, he didn't. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Huh. Torn hip labrum. Is that what he had? Yeah. Fucking guy. <laughs> that shit, bro. I mean, really. I'm like, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll take the closer in the eight, nine, 10 range. And it was Kirby Yates and Trevor Rosenthal. Motherfuckers, man. I mean, I did get Jake McGee in a lot of leagues late. That was the guy last year. And that was money. I know he lost some saves down the stretch, but for what you paid for him, I mean, he was big. So uh, I got to find that guy this year. It's really hard because there's just so many guys um, and I haven't really honed in on one. That's the problem right now. Is there's so many question marks. Um, yeah, I mean, there are a ton of there. I mean, you look at the bullpens right now. Again, this is, you know, the, goes back to the discussion that you and I had or have had there about people pushing up the value of, you know, these uh, these closers who seem to have the job right now, seem to have the, the necessary job security uh, in order to grab them. But. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you know, I, was it you I was talking with about Corey Knabel? Uh, I don't know, but I did draft him in TGFBI with my last pick. Okay. I feel like I, you know, I feel like he's one of those guys who, you know, now that he's healthy, now that he's all through his rehab and everything like that. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, Hector Norris is just not a guy. Well, he's gone. Oh, is he gone? He's on the, the Astros. Yeah. He's on the Astros. Oh, well, no, then, see the, the, the issue is not Canable. He has the job. Right now, the concern is, do the Phillies bring someone else in? Do they sign Kenley Jansen? Do they trade for Craig Kimbrell? That is the concern for me. That's Knable, a concern for you. Yeah. yeah I, I, I he, think, was really, he was really good last year, 25 and two-thirds innings, 30 strikeouts, nine walks. He's closed before. You know, he's got a 39-save season in the resume. So I'm not worried about the skill set. I'm worried about do the Phillies bring someone else in and that pushes him to the eighth inning. So that was my fear of taking him. But I looked at it. I'm like, you know, it's round 10. If I don't take him here, there's going to be a closer run. And of course there was, cause I'm picking 13. So after that, Scott Barlow went, um, and Craig Kimber went and Camilo Doval. And to me, I can't take those guys over him. Kimbrell has not been traded yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all think he will, but he hasn't been. So how? why am I going to take that risk now? And Doval, is he the closer? I mean, yeah, he finished last year. He's really good, but McGee had a really good year. So I'm not sure if Doval is the guy. As good as he looked last year, um, you know, and he still has some walk issues. You know, he walked three batters per nine inning. He had nine walks in 27 innings. So, yeah, the arm is great. Strikeouts are great. But we only saw him for 27 innings in the regular season, a little bit in the playoffs. So I can't. He might be the guy. But do I want to take a 10th uh, round pick on that? No. So but you got to make that decision. It's like, all right, if you pass on the closer here, then you're dipping into the 
a territory of major question marks. So that's why I see why people go with the closers a little bit earlier. But again, this is a league with fab. Mm-hmm. The problem is that you're you're going to be competing with a lot of other people. And if you spend that 20 to 25 percent on that closer early in the year, you better hope he keeps that job because that is the worst shit. I'm sure there's more wasted fab on relievers than anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, one of the things that I've always preached to everybody and, you know, it's easier to do in 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 you know, in fantasy football than it is in fantasy baseball, but, you know, maintaining a, a, like a, a fab book where you just, just take notes, right. And just take notes each week and say, okay, you know, this person here, you know, put in, you know, a bunch of money on, on closers this, you know, and, and then all of a sudden you start looking over like a, a five or a six week span. And all of a sudden you're identifying who's paying for closers, who's chasing saves, who's doing what, um, and you can establish, you know, every single, you know, over the span of a few weeks, as long as you know the the situations, the injuries, and you stay on top of all the latest news, you can basically see who's like who's chasing speed and who's chasing saves and who's doing what on the uh, on the waiver wire, and um, and and it's just it's it's a good way to keep track throughout the year, so that you know that if if it comes to pass that you all of a sudden need saves because. Your closers just, you know, both shit the bed. Then, you know, that it's it's just a good way to kind of keep track of things and, you know, stay ahead of your competition. You know that that they, uh, you know, you, you you know what I'm saying, right? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'll I try to get one solid one in the first ten rounds if I can, but doesn't always work out. Like I mentioned last year with Rosenthal and Yates, those. And then it's like, shit, I wasted a pick. But again, there's nothing you could do. Once it's done, it's done. And uh, usually there are going to be some that emerge off the waiver wire. I mean, the key is, though, is to get them early before they get the job. Because once, if a guy is named the closer on Tuesday or Wednesday and your fab runs Sunday, forget it, man. You're going to have to spend. So what I like Anybody to do. Anybody sniffs a save, like right. immediately, right? right? And I mean, and especially if you're in a first come first early, they got to even need to get the save. All right, pitching the ninth inning now is Jimmy Douchebag. Oh, shit, I got to pick up Jimmy Douchebag. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and they'll run to the waiver wire, pick him up, and then he gives up three runs. All right, drop Jimmy Douchebag. Who's the next guy tonight that's going to get a save opportunity? I mean, we don't have to deal with that. I'm not in any first-come, first-serve leagues, so I don't have to deal with that. But, yeah, I mean, the key is obviously is maybe you see something in the first week. Uh, oh, this guy pitched an eighth inning. He's been really good. All right, you know what? The ninth inning guy is a little shaky, doesn't have a great track record. All right, I'm going to pick this up for a dollar, put him on my bench, and see what happens. Because, um, yeah, I, I've done that before. I think the year that Hector Neris did not start the year with the job and had it, I was like, yeah, I got to get Neris now. And just held him, held him, and he wound up getting the job. I know Neris in his career has been in and out of that closer role. But, yeah, you just have to speculate. And a lot of times you're going to be wrong. But if you're only spending a dollar, two dollars, put that guy on the bench for a week or two. And you, you, all you need is really you only need one to hit one to get the job and keep it. And you're golden. But once you start getting into the area of, oh, shit, I got to spend 25 percent of the budget. You know, then that's where it becomes a problem and people are going to do it. You'll see it early in the year. There's going to be someone who comes out with no closers, no saves. And says, well, I 
if I want to be competitive in the category, I got to go out and spend now. And I can't even remember who the guys were last year that people spent on a lot of money. I think there was one year. What was that dude's name? Um, Barnes from Milwaukee. Jacob oh. Barnes. Oh, my God. Early in the year, one of the NFC leagues spent a lot of money on a bad mistake. But, you know, you learn from it and you move forward. Now, if you're talking about this weekend, you're talking about the auction. Is there a particular closer, a higher end closer who doesn't really interest you enough that you would throw him out just to gauge where the, the crew is looking for saves? Um, I guess the role is Chapman. Okay. Um, I, I like Hendricks. I like Hader. Again, I probably am not going to pay for them. Um, I do like Iglesias, um, Presley. But, yeah, I mean, we go through this every year and we see the constant turnover, right? I mean, we could just go look and see who was drafted early last year, and now they're not near the top. So. 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 Uh, perfect time here to uh, give a shout out to our sponsors and thank them for uh, helping us keep the lights on here. Um, we'll give some more thoughts here on auction drafting uh, when we get right back here uh, on Annie Up. All right. So, Adam, let's, uh, you know, kind of uh, tie a little bow, I guess, around the, uh, the, the, the auction strategy and drafting and and. Everything that we're going to see now. All right. So Friday night, you and I are the auctioneers, right? Saturday, you're in the auction in the mixed auction and I am on the broadcast table. And then Sunday, I am in the auction for NL only. Are you on the broadcast table that day? Yeah. Oh, OK. So perfect. So full weekend for the two of us here. Uh, share some words of wisdom with people. Uh, take them into the the mindset of Adam Ronis heading into an auction. How should they? Uh, how should they handle themselves? Do you recommend a, a couple of drinks to loosen them up? Maybe uh, maybe puff the chiba a little bit. What about eating? What about having a big old meal while you're in the auction? No, I have my meal beforehand. You know, I don't want to be like you. And what happened? Like you dropped salami all over the table or something. What was it? Dropped right? it on the floor. Then yeah, spilled see, the no. drink and everything. Yeah, and then you got slime all over your hands and grease. And now your keyboard's messed up. And, you know, now we all know it's not from that. It's from the uh, stains of other activities from the previous night. But you want to blame it on the salami grease. That's fine. But Wait, yeah, on the, key where, on the keyboard or on the floor? screen wherever you're wherever the the shots go um, oh well, that's that's pretty up you know what i'm i'm very moved at the fact that you think that i can shoot it across to the uh to the screen like dude you have no control right it's just I'm, I'm, I'm in my 50s i'm fat i'm overweight and it's like and, and at this point now adam it's like a it's like a dust cloud it's like okay. it just comes out um yeah i would eat before the draft uh, I don't want to eat during the draft. I don't want any distractions. I just want my pen and paper, some coffee. Um, and then as soon as they have the first break, I'll probably run to the bathroom uh, from the coffee I've drink. <laughs> you don't keep like a, like a bottle or a bucket next to your, uh, next no, to your desk? I can't do that. No, uh, not yet. Maybe, maybe in 10 years. Uh, I just, I just took a whiz while we were talking here. No, well, good for you, man. Uh, not, that's not sanitary for me, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, that's the key too. I'm like, shit, man, I got these five hours. That means I got to make sure I eat beforehand. And the problem is like, 
it's 7 p.m. Eastern. I tend to eat like eight, nine o'clock. So this shit is throwing me way off. So I got to figure out to have some food because, uh, yeah, you want to make sure that your brain is functioning, man, because it's it's mental warfare, man. That like you're you're thinking. I know people are like, what are they talking about? No, man, it's mental capacity, man, because you're in an auction. You know, you can't take no break. It's one thing if you're in a snake draft and I still don't do it. But if you're picking one, like I'm picking one on Towers, right? On yeah. Tuesday, all right. I make my two, my my first pick, second, third turn. All right, now I can relax a little bit. I'm still crossing names off list, and I'm still looking at what I want next. But you can take a little mental break. You can in an auction, man, because you got to be on top of everything. You need to be aware of every player that's thrown out. You can't walk away. When you walk away, and what happens? Oh shit! The guy wanted went what? He went for twenty two. I would have paid twenty six for him. I could have gotten him for twenty three. So you can't walk away. You can't do any of that. I mean, I've told this story before, but it happened one year where my internet went out, my home league, and everyone's like in the chat room, oh, shit, no, I'm going to meet as many players as you can. Adam's not here. Let's go. Let's go. And what happened? One of the guys I wanted, Carlos Carrasco, fucking went when I was <laughs> off. I had it like I had the paper. I'm like, all right, Carrasco, that's the guy I need to get. I lost out a lot of guys on that tier. I'm getting Carrasco. I will pay for him. And he fucking went. And I'm the commissioner. And I'm like, well, you know. I left the room, but I can't back it out now. Shit happens, you know? I lost my internet for like, you know, a minute or two, and I just got to live with it and move on. But that's why you can't take that break. You know, you go to the bathroom and you miss out on two, three players, one of them you wanted. So, no, you, you really got to be focused. You got to make sure that uh, whatever you do, prepare, eat, smoke, drink, whatever it is to get you in the right mindset, because you got four to five hours and what, one or two breaks. So, you got to be on top of everything, man. You definitely need to be on top of everything, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, breaks during the uh, the auction. No, I mean, you know, when when they give you the uh, the organized ones, you definitely need to. Uh, you just need to be present the entire time. You need to, like you said, no distractions. Really take care of it. And I'll say this too. I know some people just, you know, some people will never learn or or, or whatever. But I always make sure that. I am hardlined in for my internet when I'm doing an auction. I am not going to sit there and like you said, you know, the Wi-Fi goes down, uh, you know, or whatever happens, right? Like somebody hops up, you know, I've got a wife here, right? So she hops onto her laptop and she's, you know, doing something else and, you know, on the on the TV. And the next thing I know, you know, all of a sudden, like I go down to like one Wi-Fi bar and I'm like, what the fuck? Right. So you got to make sure that you uh that you stay hardlined in, because I'll tell you what, man, there's nothing worse, nothing worse than, um, you know, than, than having that happen to you. I, I get it, man. I can't, I can't even imagine. I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine you, like, getting all sorts of pissed off and screaming the word fuck a hundred times and being really upset, you know, Ugh, and then losing Carrasco, no less. I can see I mean, that. This was yeah. a few. This was not recently. So people, this was like I don't know, four or five years ago, and Carrasco was top notch. When he was in Cleveland and still pitching well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, I mean, listen. I think uh, I think we've dropped a little bit of knowledge here for you guys. Definitely enjoy it. Take what you see this weekend, right? I mean, that's that's the important thing. Take from from what you've witnessed this weekend. Listen to how some people talk about preparing for an auction. There's not a single person out there who's like, yeah, I just wing it. And if they do say, yeah, I just wing it, well, then chances are they're not finishing in first, 
right? And they're and they're and they're having a miserable time in their auction. Like you could you could be prepared uh, to the cows come home and still have a miserable auction, but at least you were prepared for it, right? You know, it's it somehow fell apart on you somehow, but you know, there's just there's no winging it. So take different things that you see happening in this auction. Take some of the things that Adam and I have said here, and uh, and and just implement that in your uh, in your own plans, and uh, and everything after that, it's cream cheese, yum yum yum, yum yum. Um, all right, well that's gonna do it for us here today. Um, really appreciate you guys uh, liking and subscribing. Adam, any final thoughts from you? No. All right. Well, enjoy the auctions on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, everybody. Adam and I will be there all weekend long. And, you know, maybe even, maybe I'll even be uh, into, you know, in it enough to want to record on Sunday night right after the uh, the the auction. Chances no. are no, but. No, we're not doing that. Well, you're not? What are you talking about? Dude, we're going to be on from 7 to midnight. Come on. <laughs> Trust me. I know you know what you're going to be like, dude, I'm tired. Fuck this. Right? Are you gonna be like, dude, I'm so high, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. Right, well then, <laughs> and I have to do a, a Knicks Kings preview as part of our uh, Pixwise deal. Oh well, there you go. See, so there you have it, folks. Adam and I, en- we're gonna enjoy labor this weekend. You guys enjoy labor this weekend. We'll be back for with a new episode dropping Tuesday morning uh, of next week. So thank you so much for tuning in. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.